0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another issue of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, where we have conversations with and for business owners who want to grow their business. They're tired of sitting around waiting for those darn pigs to get up and fly, and they're ready to get started doing it themselves. So, Today, I am going to be talking with someone who I met recently that I absolutely love talking with and think that we're going to be friends for a long time in the future, and I can't wait to hear what all she has to say. Her name is Chantal Bosset and this is what her bio tells us. From a blending into the decor type of kid, Chantel Bosset became a biochemistry student having to prepare and deliver a seminar to get her diploma. Yikes! Little did she know that would eventually become her process to help people with their public speaking and presentations. Through her unusual career path, from lab technician to creating Shabas in 2004, To share her passion for visual communications, she understood how communications were important at all levels of our lives. Since then, Chantal became a TEDx speaker coach since 2012, and a Microsoft PowerPoint MVP since 2013. As a presentation and visual communication leader, she spends her time between writing, training, coaching, and designing for her clients and speakers. In May 2018, she launched the Women in Public Speaking podcast to help empower and inspire more women to embrace public speaking and up their game while taking the stage. Chantal and her business partner help public speakers and business people master the steps required to become impactful and sought-after presenters and leaders. One, find a compelling story. Two, refine a message, and three, design clear and impactful visuals. This formula empowers the clients to deliver their talks in a memorable and authentic way and even get a standing ovation. From story, message, design, delivery, and equipment, and event coordination, they help their clients achieve success and transformation with their audience. Welcome, Chantam.
1: Oh, thank you, Nancy. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be with you.
0: Boy, I, re- I just read that bio and I'm going, oh, how did <laughs> I get the privilege of talking to this woman?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just another human being with a passion that decided to try to make a difference.
0: <laughs> well, I, it certainly looks like you're doing a good job of that. That's wonderful, and I really do thank you for being here. And I am going to jump right into our discussion with a question for you that I think is important for everybody who is in business, starting a business, and something that we all probably have done and need to know what it is not to do it again. And that is, what is the number one mistake that people make when they're starting to prepare a presentation?
1: It's really simple, and that number one mistake is starting into your presentation tool. Whether you're using PowerPoint, Keynote, Prezi, I don't care what the tool is. It's always the same problem. Starting in the tool gets us in the mode of, oh, how do I make this look good? Will this be animated the right way? And we're focusing on the content. Uh, or the container, I should say, Mm -hmm. focusing on how it look. And sometimes we're just drawn to what the tool is giving us as a standard, either titles and bullet points and stuff like that, which is not good. We're not in the creative mode of trying to figure what's the most important thing about my talk. What's my message? am I speaking to what the, what are they expecting what's their needs those are all the questions that people should, should start thinking about and to do that I go back to that very non technological process of using pen and paper cue cards post-its whiteboard whatever um, I do have some people that say, oh, you know what? I'm really more of a mind mapping software person. Go ahead if that suits your needs. Me, I realize that I need to touch something. I need to use paper and pen. And it's funny because when I share a little bit more about my story now, how I started, when I was the biochemistry student and I had that seminar to give, That first time that I said, okay, failing that seminar is not an option. I'll fail my bachelor's. The way I prepared that talk was, yeah, with transparencies, we didn't have computer at the time. (laughs) Transparencies (laughs) and Sharpies. And I drew all the diagrams and uh, all the graphics I want to talk with instead of having lists and that was transposed to what i did when i was an instructional designer in telecommunications and i was working with instructors that they say oh well just put whatever i have in the book i told them no way you need to think about visuals so going back to your initial question if we go with pen and paper what that allows us is that we're allowed to just draw some little stick figures, just draw what we're thinking about using our brains in a more creative way. What images come to mind when we talk about that part of the topic and everything we put on paper, we can play with it. It's like a card game and you can just change the sequence. And as I mentioned to some clients at one point, okay, now I'm asking you to delete that slide because it doesn't fit in your content. And it happened that they told me, well, I spent three hours designing it. I don't want to get rid of it. (laughs) That's the problem when we start in the tool. We get stuck into how it looks, what the container, how will it dazzle my audience? That's not the first thing we should focus on.
0: No, I I agree with you totally. And And it's funny because i everybody that works with me if you ask them what is the one thing that nancy's always telling you and they'll they will tell you write it down use oh pen yeah of paper write it and i'm sitting here i'm getting ready to do a um, An uh, uh, Facebook live tonight, and I'm trying to put it all together. I've got drawings, I've got sticky notes, I've got my box of of uh, the cards, you know, with the line cards that you can write on. And, yes. And and I'll go. All right. Well, does that make sense here, or do I pick it up and move it over there? And yeah. You know, and so you're absolutely right. Um, I hate PowerPoint. I know how. <laughs> I know how to use it, and I've done many things with it, but I want to make sure that the people are paying attention to me. They're not mesmerized by this, you know, screen that has graphics and things on it. They're listening to what I'm saying. They're not focused in on something that I've drawn, you know.
1: Although having visuals now is also something we need to think about, but it needs to supplement Mm -hmm. what we're saying. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: still need to be, let's put it this way. The speaker needs to be the star on the stage, Mm -hmm. but having the visuals will help make your message more memorable throughout time. And the, they start to have some scientific researches about that. What you can recall if someone is talking versus someone talking with bad visuals or talking with great visuals that supplement or just have an impact on what we are actually saying. And there's a huge difference. I don't remember exactly the percentages because it's been changing. They've been redoing it, but the percentage of recall if you have visuals uh, probably is over 60 or 70 percent if I remember well and if you have only voice sometimes it can be as low as 20 percent it depends on how people are articulate how they modulate their voices and how interesting their stories are so it's a, a huge mix of Having a compelling story, having a voice that you make sure you modulate so you keep interest, and having great visuals it's I call it my type of triangle of success
0: i I love it and and I understand that and and yeah, I, I wasn't saying to don't do anything with PowerPoint, oh but- no, no, no. But I know I've read in the past as well that, you know, you put them to sleep. Don't overdo it with the PowerPoint and, you know, those kinds of things. And so I, I agree with you totally in that you do need to be the key person. And oh, yes. maybe do, do uh, bullet points instead of having everything. Don't read everything that you've got on your PowerPoint. You do talking and maybe there's a bullet point that – that brings up one of the one of the conversations you're having is that what you're talking about doing something like that
1: and even moving away from bullet points because right now actually people have been almost trained to come into a hateful or negative state just because they see bullets on slides, (laughs) because we've been overdoing it for so many years. And yes, you had walls of text on slides and most of the time bullets that uh, went with them. So moving away from bullets will help, just having a few keywords. Having a simple phrase, sentence on a slide doesn't require any bullet. Even a small list, why use bullets? If we have enough spacing in between, it's quite clear that we have two, three, four elements without any problems. So it's really something that uh, it's not required. Uh, the less bullets, now the better it is
0: okay now you mentioned something when we were first starting the conversation and that was um prezi and i have used prezi a lot and i love it and that takes you away from all of this that we're talking about and brings in a whole new uh, dynamic why don't you talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on prezi prezi can be a great tool if
1: used well What happens is that so many people start using it without having the, a nice comprehension of perspective and movement. And that did uh, bring up some very awkward situations uh, during which some audience members were just getting kind of uh, dizzy or had that little motion sickness thing Mm -hmm. to it. And I personally, encountered that at one point a person was using prezi but the movements were so big i said oh geez i just cannot stand this anymore i'm starting to get into motion sickness <laughs> and i realized it's all in the way we use it. if people are planning well because yes you do you have that huge canvas that you can build upon but if not used well and if you don't have a perfect idea, what's my story? What's my my thread from start to finish? You can fail big times with Prezi as much as with the other tools. So it's just a matter of how you use it.
0: Well, I think that sounds to me like the, the first thing that jumps into my mind when you're talking about all of this stuff is no matter what tool you choose to use, you need to understand how to use it properly.
1: Absolutely. It's not about the tool, it's really first about your audience, their needs, the message you want to convey. Second, it's having the basic knowledge to use your tool properly. Sometimes my husband and I will say to clients, well, you know what? We could hand you the keys of a Ferrari but if you don't know how to drive properly, you won't be a better driver because you're sitting in that luxury car. It's the same with whatever tool you mm-hmm. need to learn the basics. Some people say, well, I don't have time. Well, for as long as you don't have time to learn the basics, you won't have the great results that you want. Absolutely. These things go together. It takes a little bit of time investing your energies and learning the tools that will make you better, the tools that will push your message forward in a positive
0: way. Do you have any suggestions? And I know the next the next question that we were going to go to was, how many slides should a presentation have? And I want the answer to that, but do you have any suggestions on when to use the different tools is there is there a particular time when maybe using powerpoint would be better but then at another time maybe if you know how to use all of these things that maybe you you do use prezi or you use something else is there a or is it just what you feel better using
1: uh i guess if you're if you have a preference for a tool keep digging how to use it better Because the better we get at using a tool, the better the results. And as a comparative, I did a training once on Prezi because I was asked to do it, got to learn it, got to show people what were the challenges of using the tool. But all the reasons people that really love it, they kept telling me, oh, I love Prezi because uh, I have that movement because I can give perspective because I've been drilling down all the possibilities in PowerPoint for so many years, I can now say with all the improvements, I can do very similar things in PowerPoint that are done in Prezi. It's just a matter of knowing the tool. Mm -hmm. So instead of being good at many tools, try to be excellent at one tool and use it properly. I think that would be time well spent instead of just spreading yourself thin. No one has the leisure of spending hours and hours on tools to be trained on during a week. So maybe just focus on one, get really, really good at it and make sure you use it well. So that would be the best thing because I don't think... If we keep in mind that our sole focus is audience value and message, who cares about the tool? Finally, it's how you deliver your message that will count. Of course, how your presentation will look, all your visuals will look, that does make a difference in the eye of the audience. But you can produce very nice visuals whatever the tool that you're using
0: perfect i i agree with that so completely um let's jump into the next question i w- i wanted to get that comment out of the way first because i know that slides are a part of all of them but when i hear slides i think specifically a powerpoint yes if we're using a powerpoint for a presentation what's the optimum number of slides
1: you you probably laugh at my first answer who cares
0: (laughs) i love it i love it that's perfect
1: (laughs) because uh, it reminds me of a client that said oh you know what i'm not allowed to use more than 10 slides i said no way what are you talking about 10 slides because what we should focus on is creating a momentum making sure we have visuals that change on a regular basis So we have, I'm not sure I like the word, but it's still the right word to use. You keep your audience entertained, so to speak. Why are people watching so many videos? Why do we remember about uh, ads on TVs and stuff like that? Because we have a pacing, a quick pacing of visuals. If we recreate that modulation of uh, pacing in terms of visuals in our presentation, that's when we get the most impact. And the most rational people will say, well, you're still not answering my question. I wanna know how many slides. Well, try to think, if you have to spend five minutes on a slide, that's way too much. That's way too boring for most audiences. If you have that much content on a slide, it should be divided. Mm -hmm. So if you spend five minutes on it, but instead, if you have 10 slides, it means that you'll be spending half the time on all the slides and you could go down like that. Try to think in terms of if I try to have content that I change my slide every, let's say anything in the range of 30 seconds to a minute. That means that usually you have one point that you make on the slide, and then you move on. If you have one point that's really complicated, divide it so you have a build. And when I say divided, yes, we could use animations, so we have a building animation. Either way, that doesn't matter the the process you're using. But people that are not familiar with animations, just divided on several slides you'll have a very similar effect but you won't be wasting your time on a feature that you're not familiar with so there are more than one way to have a great end result is just using it to make sure that we're efficient we're not wasting on any time on something that we could do in maybe half an hour instead of two hours so in terms of pacing, I every time you have a visual movement, meaning a slide transition, that helps keeping the attention of your audience. That helps reducing that wandering time to, oh, I'll go on Facebook, oh, I'll go check my emails because we all have smartphones, or at least most people do. So the more movement that you have and that visual movement is tied to your message, your story, the more uh, focused the audience will stay. And they will stay in the present moment with you. That's what
0: we want. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you a question which we have not talked about at all, and so I have no clue what my answer is gonna be, and that's one of the first things you learn that you're not supposed to do. (laughs) But I'm gonna jump in anyway. like I said earlier, I know how to do PowerPoint, but the th- you're talking about the animations. You're talking about all of this, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, my stomach's just churning, thinking <laughs> I have to figure out how to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> no! <laughs> is that something that you do with your business is to actually help the people create the PowerPoint slides and help with the presentation? Absolutely,
1: because for me, sometimes people say, oh, I my services, I, I build presentations. I always tell clients, you know what, building your presentation usually will require me to understand a little bit of your content. What's your message? So we make sure that the visuals that are in there are really relevant, but at the same time. If you're willing to invest in yourself and learn a little bit along the way, and that's been more and more popular, I would say, in the past year or so, clients realize that if they take a bank of hours with me, they can work on the message and structure. They learn how to use the tool properly, but they only learn what they need at that moment, And then they keep moving forward and they realize, oh, it's not as complicated as I thought it would be because they just add the bits and pieces that are required during the building process of the visuals. Mm -hmm. And of course, I do have clients that they don't want to have anything to do with the building part. (laughs) Yeah, and that's still okay. Of course, I usually ask a lot of questions, and I do need to ask them, what's your delivery style? That is something I need to know. Are you the type of person that uh, you're still not familiar with a presentation remote? How do you feel with technology? Do you use presenter view? And usually when I say presenter view, that's when I get some blank stares still these days because people don't know about it but that helps relieving distrust and just keeping focused. So all these things, if I'm building for someone else, I will still ask them and poke their brains and make sure that at some point I will make them move a little bit forward in terms of how they handle technology, at least during the delivery part, if they're not doing the building part.
0: Yeah. Um, I know that in a conversation you were having with another friend of ours yesterday, you were talking yeah. about presentation. Um, and I really don't know what that is. So why don't you go into that a little bit and explain it to me and to the people who are listening. What, what yeah. Is- the presenter
1: view, that's the best end tool a presenter can use, and you know what? It's not new, it's been in PowerPoint forever. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it was hidden in so many layers of menus and sub-menus and sub-sub-sub-menus in the first few versions of PowerPoint, it was almost impossible to discover. Presenter view, what it does is that when you are in pre- presentation or slideshow mode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: On the projection screen, you have the main slide, that's what people see. On your laptop, you have another type of screen oh. on which you have the, uh, the slide on which you are now. You have also a slide, the, the upcoming slide, so you know where you're going. And all the notes that you can put beneath the slide will be there as your speaker notes. So. People that sometimes say, oh, I have to give that data at that time, and I have a hard time remembering what's that percentage or what's mm-hmm. the year the research was done in, mm-hmm. you can put that in there. In that window, what's nice is that you can resize it. It's not a one-size-fits-all. People that say, oh, I don't really give a damn about that upcoming slide being so large – you just resize that pane, it becomes smaller. You can do the same with your actual slide. And then you can zoom up the, the font for your speaker notes. Yeah. And you do have in there so many other cool tools. Cool tools like you could use the hand, that pen tool that you could draw on your mm. slide at the same mm. time. It keeps that the notes if you want them. Or sometimes people will just add a blank slide, a white slide, and use it as a whiteboard because they'll be drawing their notes there It makes it so much more visible than having a flip chart that it helps people see it. Of course, I'm not saying flip charts are a thing of the past all the time because if you need to have something up during the whole presentation, you might as well have a flip chart. You don't want to be bringing the same slide over and over and over again in your presentation so you can keep it on paper or whiteboard. All the other tools you can even have access it let 's say someone uh, has a question and they say, "Oh, you talked about that thing, and that was about three slides ago, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have the possibility to just go back to that slide without flipping through all the slides because you have a slide sorter, you open that pane you 're the only one who sees it. You pick the slide where you want to go back, and then you just go back there and pick the slide where you left and you want to resume your presentation. Many, many things in there. The clock to keep you on time. So you have so many great tools. Of course, it needs practice. Mm But it, 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 it is a great way. Sometimes I may, some speakers, some of them were so scared of being in front of a group, an audience. And I told them, that's your security net. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you solely rely on it, you won't be impactful because people will sense that your eyes are always on your monitor, which is not good. But if you practice enough, and then you practice using the tools that will relieve some of the pressure, some of the stress related to public speaking, because you have everything you need in there.
0: I love it. That that makes me excited to go and, and play this afternoon. I want oh, to. Oh yeah, it
1: is. You know, really a great way to use it, and it's. It relieves so many tensions for so many people. When I made them realize, hey, did you ever use that tool? Some people said, oh, wow, I could have a few notes in there without being scared of forgetting. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm seeing, because I do, when I do do some things, I'm doing a lot more online and I use Zoom and I use Zoom Webinar and you can share your screen and everything through Zoom so people can see yep. I have two monitors and I'm thinking, well, that'd be really cool because I can do this. I can do this. PowerPoint presentation through Zoom on my one monitor, and I'm watching everything that you're just talking about on my other monitor. Absolutely. And
1: it wouldn't show because you just flip from one monitor to the other, you move your mouse, people don't know about it, and everything's perfect in that type of world because you have (laughs) full control of what you're seeing, what you're saying. Especially when it it always happens that in some parts of our content we always stumble on that little thing at one point. Well, if we have it or at least have access to it, it makes our lives easier. Yeah, that
0: sounds wonderful. I can't I can't wait to play. <laughs> Thank you. I've gotten so much out of this. Conversation good. today. I love. It. I hope everybody listening has too. Are you guys taking notes? You know, you need to. And the thing that we've learned so far is practice. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and I repeat that so many times. It's the only way to have. You know, we can have good results, but if we want excellent results and be considered as leaders in our. And experts in our industries we need to level up we need to up our games and that's how to do it
0: absolutely now I'm really interested as well in learning a little bit more about this last question that we're going to talk about (laughs) it's something that I do all the time and I didn't know about this either Google image What is Google Image and is it the best place to source photos and graphic elements? Well, the first part, uh, Google
1: Image. If you go in Google, you have an extra tab. By default, you're having web results, so web links and pages and websites. Mm -hmm. But you have a tab that you can flip to images, which means that with the keywords you put in, you'll get only thumbnails of images that correspond to those keywords. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's the first way I would say to get inspiration. You you want to make something more visual. You're not sure how to tackle this. If you go to Google image just to get inspired, that can bring up new ideas, uh, either uh, doing your own uh, photos even with a smartphone, that's not really a problem. And the number of pixels that we have on those phones now is really incredible. Or sometimes it could be how to build a graphic element from within PowerPoint, from within your, whatever the tool you're using to create graphics. And I go back to that. Who cares? Use the tool that you want to use. Yeah. But the second part is, is it the best place to source? Uh, I usually say when in need of visual, Google image is not your best friend because if you forget to restrict the results to copyright free material, then you could get in big trouble Mm -hmm. and you can now it's getting better. If you're using in the tools tab, then you can restrict the results to a license that is either a public domain, I just don't remember if it's in there, but you can restrict to, okay, it's personal use, it's commercial use, commercial with modification, uh, commercial without modification. So you have a, various, a list of various licenses that you can restrict your results. Uh, it's still a good place to start Does it mean it's always clear that you can use the material? Not always. Sometimes you try to search on a site and you're not sure. Can I use this? If I use it, do I need to attribute and give credit to the author or not? How do I need to do it? So it's a starting point to be inspired. Google images, but I, really recommend using some sources that are well-known to have copyright-free graphics, images, movie clips, and uh, illustrations, anything you want to make sure you can use without having any trouble. That is the best way. Uh, And there are tons now that you can use they're just popping up all the time i know one that i've been using a lot is pixabay.com but there's um unsplash.com that is also really popular although even those sites are they're now really uh, they have given us more access to really quality material in the past few years which is a great thing always check the license. I know that I probably have a tendency to go to Pixabay a lot because it's really clear. You like that photo, you see that, okay, it's CC0. What does CC0 mean? It's Creative Commons 0, which means it's public domain, and it tells you, you can use it, modify it, and you don't need to attribute it doesn't mean that you don't need to recognize the great work those people put in. Uh, I've been using that site a lot. And at one point for a specific project, I remember I was using, I had a theme that the creator that popped up was almost always the same one. I said, Oh man, he's doing such a great work and making my life easier for this project. I just clicked that PayPal link and sent them. I think I sent them around $30, 40 just as a recognition for the great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that a free site, we should not recognize what the great creators are doing. Mm-hmm. So it's food for thought. If you prefer the free sites, perfect. Uh, but try to recognize the people once in a while because they're giving us tons of great content for free, but I guess they do have a living to
0: (laughs) earn also. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, those are the two, my go-to ones as well. Unsplash and Pixabay. Oh yeah. Just found a couple of weeks ago and I'm loving it. I find I cannot think of the name of the site right now, but it's video clips so that when I'm making my own videos, I now can not only put in the still pictures, but I can throw in a video clip here and there, and it's just, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great, and so I highly recommend, and, and absolutely, um, I I will share on posts, I will share who the the person who took the picture is at times. I have sent money as well, you know, and it's just – It's really nice to know that that stuff's there that I don't have to go out constantly and get my own because there's already something there that I can use. Thank you, you know. That's it. Oh, and you just mentioned the video, and
1: I I was curious, and I restricted uh, my browsing to videos in Pixabay a couple of days ago, and it brought up quite a few interesting clips in there, and I didn't even have any keywords at the time. So I figure, oh, they're really, you know, upgrading the quantity of information they make available on the site, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, as you say, that's a way to cut down design time. But anything you're not sure you can find, or it will take ages to find something online, just use your phone. Yeah. Because you're better off having a non-professional picture or even a clip, a video clip that will really talk and resonate with your audience because it's real Mm -hmm. than having a very, you know, staged stock photo that has been reused over and over and over again, that it just brings up kind of a mixed feelings Mm -hmm. (laughs) in your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we're better off just avoiding them and creating our own. And it creates another connection with people in the when they realize that we did it ourselves. That's even better.
0: And I read not too long ago that it really is for somebody to see something that you've done. It's almost more important for them to see that it's something you've done yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect, but yes, it does resonate more. If, you know, I'm showing my husband putting up ornaments for the Christmas tree, you know, that means more than if I've got this perfect little family that's putting up Christmas (laughs) ornaments and all of that. You know, I got Christmas on my mind right now. What can I say?
1: (laughs) Well, we're slowly but surely heading there
0: yeah but you know it's just my viewers are going to say oh they really do this that i want to know more about them because obviously they really do enjoy the holidays they're yes. not just you know they're not just putting up something that they could find on one of these you know sites on the web so i highly encourage everyone yes i use the stock photographs all the time but if i can get something myself that I've done either on my phone or my tablet or, you know, something. I'm much more going to choose that than I am, you know, than I am something else.
1: And there's a really important part of what you just said that needs to be brought forward is it doesn't need to be perfect. It's true for your pictures, your video clips, and it's true for you as a speaker. No one is expecting you to be perfect. And as a matter of fact, some people start to have a closer look at that and they realize having a perfect speaker on stage versus someone that is just authentic and human and oh yeah, they won't be perfect, they'll slip on something or ooh, they forgot something. The impact they have on the audience is higher for the imperfect speaker because the audience can relate oh that person is like me oh well that happened but i still like that person a very picture perfect and uh, someone that doesn't seem to be
0: real in terms of how we feel we won't relate as much right right absolutely and and so i think i, I think everything that we've been talking about for this past 45 minutes already (laughs) Yeah, I mean wow you know is is so important for my audience because we start to do something and we're afraid I don't want to get up there and do that presentation I don't want to do this PowerPoint because I don't understand how to do it um there's a phrase that I've heard, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing, and I can't quote it exactly, but it's it's like the Nike swoosh, you know, just do it. That's just it. Get out there and do it. Or uh, one thing
1: that I make people laugh when I say this is be perfectly imperfect.
0: There you go.
1: That's it. Nobody will be looking at you in a negative way because it was not perfect. And anyway, we'll have some awesome days as speakers. And sometimes we'll say, ooh, that didn't go well. That didn't go as planned. For many reasons, it can be us. It can be the audience. It can be something that happened. We just have to live with it. Okay, it didn't go well. What did I learn? Is it something that I can improve for next time? If so, improve it. If not, just put it. Aside and say, okay, I didn't have control over that. It is what it is. And next time I'll just forget about it and focus on the audience I have.
0: Right. Absolutely, so hey, everybody, are you listening? These are wonderful words of wisdom, and I know I've been sitting here taking notes the whole time, and so i I really we're we're getting down to the last couple of minutes of our of our talk here, and I really want to thank you because it's been such an important conversation, such an interesting conversation. I've personally learned a lot, and I'm sure my listeners have too. Is there anything burning that you really want to share with us before we say goodbye today?
1: Well, I'll just go back to please practice,
0: <laughs> plan and practice, <laughs> put those words up on your vision board in front of you, you know <laughs> absolutely, you know and and I was talking about vision boards the other day, and I said. It's, it's really nice to have these pictures of all these things I want to have happen, but you know what? If I'm just sitting here thinking, gee, I would like to have that, I'm probably not going to get it. You need to practice. You need to oh, yeah. do the work in order to get those things to happen. This is a perfect example of what I talk about all the time. When you get out there, pick something that you want to do, whether it's using Prezi, whether it's using PowerPoint, Find one of those sites that has those wonderful royalty-free pictures and work with them. Make yes. sure that you've got as much as you possibly can knowledge and experience, and you guys will do great. And plan do doing presentations because it's an important part of any business, whether it's just a standing up in a networking group and presenting who you are. A one-minute elevator speech is, is really a presentation. It is. It is.
1: So whatever the reason, we always need to put ourselves out there. We always need to promote our businesses, push out our message. So it can be with visuals. Sometimes it's not. But in the end, it's always making sure we have a relevant and valuable message
0: absolutely well thank you so much chantal i so appreciate getting to know you a little better getting to hear your wonderful words of wisdom and i know that everybody listening is going to download subscribe make sure <laughs> that not only here chantal but you listen to every week of don't wait till pigs fly we air on spreaker itunes and several other venues at Friday, or yeah, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern. And I hope that you will follow along. If you have any questions on this conversation, Chantal, how can they get in touch with you?
1: I think the easiest way is just to either drop me a line on LinkedIn. Chantal by I'm on LinkedIn. Or my website is shabaz.ca. Switch to the English if you want, and you'll have a contact form in there. That will be easy to find.
0: Wonderful. Again, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. We seem to run into each other all over the internet. (laughs) looks like, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And with that, guys, we'll talk again soon. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Do not sit there waiting for those pigs to fly, but soar higher. Bye-bye, y'all.